0: Okay, I'm just going to tell you this story while we're taking the offering because it's a little bit strange in silence. Um, I th- – this is a bit of a confession story. So here we go. On Friday on my way into work, I heard my phone ding in the car, and I did not pick it up because you're not supposed to look at your phone when you're driving. And when I got here, I did, and someone had sent me a Facebook message um, and I won't say who because she might feel embarrassed even though it's really more embarrassing about me. And she asked me, her message was, hey, um, about the Psalms, what Psalm are we supposed to be on today? Because we've been in this series about the Psalms and the challenge for us has been to read three Psalms a day. And we have little bookmarks and we've been checking off the Psalms as we read them. And... This series has been about being honest, you know, so I am going to be honest with you. I have copied my response from Facebook Messenger onto here, so I won't be tempted to edit and appear more holy than I am. This is what I said. I said, LOL, which means laugh out loud, because that's what I do when I'm nervous. Oh, my dear. (laughs) That question assumes that I have been keeping up with the reading, which is sadly not quite true. So... I am on Psalm 37, but I am very sure that that is not right. (laughs) You know, and then I felt like, well, I am the pastor, so I quickly did some math about how many days it had been since we started and times three and where should we be, and I sent her the right number, and now she and I both know how much reading we have to do to get caught up. Um, And I tell you that story because I know that some of you are – loving the order and the rhythm, aren't you, of checking off three Psalms a day and knowing that it's done. And I want you to know that I respect that so much. And at the same time, I want you to know so that you can sympathize that there are other people out there we might even be pastors um, who find that their response to assigned daily reading is akin to a small toddler trying not to eat Brussels sprouts. And I just, you know, like, I don't know why I feel that way. <laughs> I, Some of us are just built resistant to very reasonable requests that are good for us. So, first of all, this morning... I want to confess to you that I am really struggling to keep up with the daily reading. Next week, I'll be talking about confession in the Psalms, honest confession, and I'm pretty sure that this is part of what qualifies me to talk about it because I am familiar with it. Um, But the second thing I want to tell you, and this is honest as well, is that every time I sit down to, to read the Psalms, God is meeting me. He really is. Like, I've often been moved to tears. And for me, in the last little bit, it has been these verses about God leading us into spaciousness. Have you noticed that? You might be further than me, so maybe they change. I don't know. But um, there's so many, just these little throwaway sentences about God led me into a wide open space. He led me into a spacious place. And for some reason... This sense in, in the midst of struggle of God bringing you into an open place where there's room, where there's quiet and peace is so powerful for me right now. So I'm often moved to tears. I'm reading those verses over and over and over again. And I've been uh, starring my favorite ones on the little bookmark handout so that I can come back to them. And whether you are finding it easy or challenging to read the Psalms in this season, whether you're all caught up or you're feeling guilty with me that you've fallen behind, I believe that God is probably meeting you there, too. That he's meeting you in whichever ones you're reading today. And the truth is, I need to hear how God is meeting you just as much as you might need to hear how he's meeting me. There's a practice um, called witness or testimony. And if you didn't grow up in the church, that sounds like we're about to have a court of law, right? Which we're not. Um, And if you did grow up in the church, witness and testimony has this very specific connotation about someone telling you the story of when they met and decided to follow Jesus for the very first time. Those are both kind of true. What we do when we're together as people who believe in God, who follow Jesus, is we bear witness or we give testimony. We share with one another the truth about whatever it is that God is doing in our lives, in our community, and in the world. We tell the truth about the ways that he's active because we need to remember it, and other people need to remember it. Other people need to hear They encourage us. They help everyone, even ourselves, remember that God continues to be faithful, to be active, to be caring and present to all of us. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell each other stories of God's work among us. And I'm really looking forward to this. I hope that this will become part of our regular practice as a community. I have three people who have prepared some stories to, to share with us. And then once they have shared them, I'm going to open the room up. I'm going to open it up to you. And I'd love to hear what God has been doing in your life, what he's been drawing your attention to. So as you're listening to these people who've prepared, I want you to consider this question. What has God been doing in your life as you're reading the Psalms? What has he been drawing your attention to this past month? Okay. It's a pretty simple question. And while you're thinking about it, uh, we are going to hear from three people, from Peter Hambry, and then from Jan Gobert, and then from Rosvita Plant. So Peter, would you like to come and join me? My friend Peter, and he's my small group leader. <laughs> so excited to have you here. Okay, I'll give the microphone to him. Okay, thank you, Dana. <coughs>
1: um, just to say, uh, like i sure many of you are, you're really enjoying reading the Psalms, at least I am, and I think the reason I'm enjoying it is because the Psalms are. Uh, they don't just involve my mind, they get my imagination going too, and my emotions, they're all involved, because it's poetry as well as not just prose, and so I'm enjoying it. Um, it's a different kind of, of scripture. Um, let me read uh, three verses from Psalm 69 that, um, uh, to kind of introduce what I'm going to say. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I've come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I'm worn out, calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail, looking for my God. And it seems like a lot of the Psalms are expressing that. It's... uh, I've been reading through them this time. Yeah, where's God? That's God. Where are you? I need you. I'm in trouble. And it seems like that's often my experience too. I I'm often thinking, where is God? I don't see him right now. I don't see his work. What's going on? And it's. Uh, I mean, it's balanced in the Psalms by so many other passages of worship and thanksgiving after the fact, where God has been at work. And it seems that in my life, I can see that looking back, I see the hand of God, but just at the moment, often, I'm thinking, God, where are you? I don't feel you, and I don't see your work. And... uh, so so that kind of mystery of God is, is the thing that's been impressing me this time going through the Psalms is that um, yeah, God's different than us. If people love us, we understand how they're going to react when we're in trouble. God loves us, but we don't know how he's going to react when we get in trouble. Except looking back. When we look back, often we see the hand of God. So I think that's, That's been one of the things. Another thing was um, just um, see if I can find this um, Psalm 91. Oops, that didn't work. Sorry about this. Okay, we got there. (laughs) I thought this would be simpler than bringing a Bible. (laughs) I mean, uh, the other kind. Okay, Psalm ninety-one. Just share this verse because it 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 means a lot to me. Whoever dwells In the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And uh, I just love the thought that expressed there that if we come, if we make a point of staying in the presence of God, of coming to God regularly, it's a place of rest. And uh, so that's what I find in, uh, as I come to God, he gives rest. And uh, that is a wonderful verse I just recently read. Okay. Thank you, Dana.
0: Thanks, Peter. Jan, do you want to come and join us? Hello. This is Jan Gobert. She, you guys have been here for almost a year, right? Yeah. Wow, exciting. Good. Okay, here you go.
2: Thank you. So my little spiel is quite different from Peter's. It's a little bit interactive, so I need you to answer some questions, okay? (laughs) Do you like being successful? How many of you like being successful? Yes. Do you like to really nail it when you attempt to do something? Yes, some of you do. I am sure like that. In fact, not only do I like nailing it, if at all possible, I like nailing it 110% if I can't. I've done that sometimes. <laughs> Besides the fact that I wanted to grow in my faith, the fact that I really like being successful at things may have been why I took on the challenge that uh, we have had given to us over the last few weeks. The challenges that are found in the action points and the integrating practices that uh, the pastors have been giving to us. These action points and integrating practices, I found, were doable. They were manageable. We weren't asked to read the entire New Testament in a week, were we? What were we asked to read each day? Three Psalms. How many were able to read three Psalms in one day? Some of us, woohoo, you know what I did? I read three psalms plus a couple chapters. I nailed it a hundred and ten percent <laughs> I'm the kind of person that likes checking off those boxes. <laughs> different than some. anyways. Uh, so in action point, we were challenged. Uh, we were challenged to have honest conversations. Hmm honest conversations i started considering what my conversations were like what is it i said to my friends and how honest i was i found as i became more honest with them that created an opportunity for them to be more honest with me is really really good to be honest in the nicest way possible <laughs> i found My friends and I found out a little bit more about each other, and our relationship went to a deeper level. So thank you for that challenge. Also, I joined a small group, and I found as we became more honest with each other, we were able to share more deeply in one another's lives, in our struggles, and our our joys as well. At Thanksgiving, Pastor Tom Toke talked about honest thanks. How many were here for that one? quite a few. This place was really jam-packed that day. I don't know about you, but when Pastor Tom said there was something to be thankful for that is more basic than food on the table and a roof over my head, I was left scratching my head, searching my brain. My competitive nature said, I can get this. It kicked in. I'm trying to jump ahead of him to find his answers. And it's like, Hmm, I can do this. Hmm, hmm, nope, not that. Nope, nope, there's nothing that's more basic. And then the pastor started sharing. What Pastor Tom revealed was so integral in my life, it left me hitting my head. Duh. Astounded that I didn't think of it. Astonished that I hadn't been including this in my daily life. More basic than food is God's rescue for me, for you, from sin. Yes, thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. More basic than water is God's revelation in Jesus. Jesus shows me how to walk to please his Father. Yes, thank you, God, for sending your Son to walk on earth so I know how to please you. And more basic than shelter is God's rule over this world. And as we took Take a look around. We we are so glad that God is in control for all the crazy stuff happening in this world, that He has a plan. He cares for us, and He has an overarching plan that we can rest in. So in the light of eternity, God's rescue from sins is critical. God's revelation in Jesus Christ is critical. God's rule over this world is critical. And as Pastor Tom said, everything else is a bonus. Thank you, Lord, for helping me get things back into perspective. What about the lament psalms? We were challenged to memorize the lament psalm. Memorize. Hmm. I used to do that. Did you? Do you guys used to memorize? I used to be a good memorizer, but now... I don't know. Sometimes when I go back into my mind and try to res- retrieve something, it's that something just isn't there. Anybody else <laughs> have that feeling? So, but my husband Basil picked out Psalm 13. So I thought, okay, it's only six verses, not too long. We're going to give this a shot. Guess what? By Thursday... I nailed it. I got it. Much to my own surprise. It's like, whew, I can still memorize. So, uh, you know, if you haven't taken time to memorize some verses, it's not too late. Just do that. I continue to recite that psalm frequently so that the message gets a hold of my heart. Last week we talked about honest perspective. We learned that neither current success or current trouble are indicators of the real perspective but that the real perspective comes when we get our eyes back on God and begin viewing life in the light of eternity we're, we were challenged to determine the ways we lost perspective where current situations have overcome the real perspective in my life so in my discovery I noticed that were daily struggles that actually blocked the real perspective from my view. In my mind, they were like massive, like a massive insurmountable wall in the middle of my pathway that I couldn't get over. Struggles that in the light of eternity meant zero, nothing. Instead of being overwhelmed by these struggles... I began praising God that they were only temporary. Talk about impact. Talk about the power of praising God. The real perspective changed everything. As I praised the Lord, the massive, insurmountable wall disintegrated. Did you hear me? It disintegrated. There was nothing there. Praise the Lord. What struggles are you facing right now? I encourage them. I encourage you to write them down. And then consider that in the light of eternity, are they going to be important? Start praising God that they are temporary. And see what the Lord does for you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Ah, Rosvita. This is Rosvita. You might know her from the Dream Team. I know, that's fine. You don't have to wear the name tag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to hear
3: your story. Here you go. I'll be looking at you over top of my goggles here. <coughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's Psalm 103, and my sharing is going to be also about Thanksgiving. I have a whole Bible up here. (laughs) I'm that old. There are two things that I'm thankful for f- because of God's mercy in my life. The first one is that he saved my life physically as a three-year-old. Um, during the Second World War in Germany, my family, my mother, my grandmother, and my little brother, we were all fleeing ahead of the Russians coming into our country, Germany, And somehow I contracted a disease from infected water, and I believe it was called amoebic dysentery, and that meant that only blood was coming out of me. My mom took me to a little clinic, and the doctor said to her, where are you going? And she said, we don't know, we're fleeing And she said, and he said, keep fleeing and leave your baby girl because she will die. And my mom begged him, is there not one thing you can do? And he said, yes, if you sign on a piece of paper that you will not sue me, I can give her an overdose of morphine. And so I don't remember any of this, you can imagine, but. I was told that I lay there like a little corpse for uh, almost three days. Only my heart and my lungs were going. And when I woke up, I sat straight up, and I said to my grandma, who was sitting beside me, I want a salami sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) She thought that those were my last words, I think. (laughs) Anyway... That's my big praise for God saving my life, and my second one is for saving my soul. Um, in 1953, my family came, uh, immigrated to Canada. We arrived in Pier 21, and we were welcomed by the mayor and his wife of a little town where my grandma lived. And I just want to say that we were immigrants. We were the hated German immigrants. And the mayor of this little town took us into his home. And that week happened to be my birthday. His wife made a birthday cake, the first I ever had in my life. And I just want to say, pray for these people that are running away from war and horrible things happening to them. Pray for them. And if any of them come to our town and our church, please let us do our best to welcome them. It was a hard time for my family, but God had his hand on my life. And I just want to say here, if there's any teenagers out there still, God, even when you don't know it, he's touching you and carrying you along. When you're his, he will make sure that one day you will meet with him, and he will meet with you. He's got his eye on you. You don't even know it, and I didn't know it. I went through high school totally ignorant of him, and then I didn't know what to do. After high school, my parents were too poor to send me to school, but I found out there was a hospital in Niagara Falls, Ontario, which is where Dana's from, that trained young ladies to become nurses. And all I had to do was buy my little proby outfits. And then they gave me money every month. And the money went into my room and board, and I got $15 a month for spending. Isn't that great? I thought it was. Anyway... I'll try and shorten this up. My my first few months were quite a shock, being in a hospital looking after people. And one day I was asked to go and wash a lady who had passed away. So there was her cold, stiff body. She had died in the night. And I had to wash her. And I still remember this because in my mind I started thinking, Where did she go? Do we just have a body? Is there nothing else that we have? Is there a God? Why am I alive? Why am I taking up breath? And this lady's dead. Does my life have a reason, a purpose? The Lord had led me to a nursing school where there was Nurses Christian Fellowship graduate nurses who prayed. And somehow they knew I was looking for God. And they started praying for me. Two of them prayed every day at lunchtime, whether they were at work or at home. They prayed just for me. I encourage you to pray for your teenagers. Pray for your friends. They sent me to a camp in Kingston, which was all student nurses. They paid for for me to go there. And... There was a book, which I know you have in the back, by Dr. John Stott, Basic Christianity. I was too shy to ask questions, but this book had all the questions answered. Who is Jesus? What is sin? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? I got so hungry for answers. And... The verse in Jeremiah 29:13, which I know most of you probably know, became a verse for me. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And God answered that prayer for me. I asked him to be my savior behind a big pile of straw in a field at the camp. And when I opened my eyes, the sky was bluer. And everything just made sense. And I knew God was real. And I knew I was loved. And at the camp, the young man who did the washrooms happened to have come there from Toronto. And he was attending a Bible school called, in those days it was called, Toronto Bible College. And somehow we got talking about what he was doing, and I could not comprehend going to a school to learn a Bible. (laughs) Here was learning anatomy and physiology and all that stuff. Anyway, God planted that little thought in my head, and that summer that, that the Lord saved me, God was speaking to Bill in British Columbia, and he arrived in September at that Bible school, and two years later... So did I. And the rest is history, you know. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) And the rest is history. That
0: sounds like the start of a very good story. (coughs) Bill is her husband, in case you're visiting. (sighs) Thanks, Rosvita and Peter and Jan. And I want to take a few minutes uh, to see to ask, what's God been drawing your attention to over the last few weeks in the psalms? This microphone has a very long cord. It can't go all the way around, but it can go pretty far down the middle aisle. So, who wants to share part of their story with us? Great. You want to stand up?
4: if I stand over here then my back's not to anybody um i think everyone here probably remembers uh my story but um yesterday it was uh one year since i had a heart attack and uh that just just about finished things off for me and uh, and my bookmarks in the wrong place So I have not been doing the daily Psalms challenge. Um, And I have a reason, of course, and that's that I was already in the middle of a a program where I was reading two Psalms most days, except it does break up Psalm 118 into quite a few more chunks. Um, So a few days ago, um, I was in Psalm 116. And um, with the fact of this one-year Mark coming up for me, I guess, you know, you just think about things a little bit more. Honestly, it's, it's not like I'm thinking about it every day, all the time, anymore, but when I read this, it just really spoke to me. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling that I may walk before the God, before the Lord, in the land of the living. And just as often goes through my mind now is just um, why. What is my purpose now? And my purpose is to extol the Lord and to to, to lift him up. That's the reason that any of us are really here. That's the basic purpose of our life. And um, I've just been reminded of that more and more again lately.
0: Have something they'd like to share? What's God been drawing your attention to or speaking to you over the course of this month?
2: I think for me, um, relationships are, are key. And I, and I really feel that um, God's just drawing us closer in our, in our small group. Um, he's drawing us closer to each other. And we all have struggles, each and every one of us. There's nobody there that's everything's going smooth. And I really feel that he's there for us and we have to be there for each other. And uh, I think that's the main thing so far that I've been getting out of, out
1: of our time together.
0: Thank you. Anyone else? Sometimes you can tell that su- it's supposed to be your turn because your heart is pounding. Your palms are sweating. <laughs> ah, Judy, welcome back from your long trip.
5: <laughs> you Thank you. Yeah, I think I'm supposed to share a little bit. Um, the psalm that has meant quite a bit to me lately is Psalms 139, and I didn't bring my Bible or my phone, but um, in that psalm, it has a couple parts. One is, um, no matter where I go, um, the farthest ocean, the deepest darkness, there you are. And uh, my oldest daughter, Heidi, is on a journey, she's going to be 41 at Christmas time, and She's in India right now, so I hang on to that verse for her to um, give me peace. And um, the other part of that verse is talking about we, are, we were knit together in our mother's womb. And um, on, I was on a trip uh, recently with my husband. We went to Switzerland, and then after that we went to Israel. And on our flight back from Tel Aviv to London, I was sitting beside a a young woman um, who uh, was Israeli, and uh, she had three children, and her oldest daughter um, was a university student. She started sharing with me um, how her and her daughter were not speaking, and I felt sad for her. I shared a little bit, and she shared more. And um, her her daughter and her boyfriend um, were, she had gotten pregnant. And then she decided to get an abortion. And, and the mother wasn't happy about that. And um, so the daughter was angry with her. And, and I shared with her how, um, you know, God loved her. She said, I don't believe in God, but I pray to him. And so, and I said, you know, there's a psalm. It's like Psalm 139. She asked me again. She said, "What what psalm is that?" And I told her Psalm 139. And I said, in that part that you know, I knit you together in my mother's womb. I said, you can know that that little baby is safe. So that's what I wanted to share. Thanks. That's lovely. Thanks, Judy.
0: An encouragement for us and also an encouragement for people we might not even have met yet. What a, what a gift to listen to all of your stories. Um, over the past few weeks, you've heard we've journeyed through psalms of thanksgiving and of lament and need and then of perspective. But through it all, through all of those things, we've been talking about getting honest no matter what's really going on, and letting other people see who we really are. And so I just want to affirm for you, if you shared or if you didn't or if you wished there was more time this morning, we need to know these stories. We need to know one another, and we need to know what God is up to in our midst. And that means that this kind of space where we share the truth of what God is revealing, that's holy space. And so thank you for being in this holy space this morning. And we're going to finish our morning by coming together in the sacrament of communion. So Tom, I think it's going to come and we're going to. We actually have a liturgy here for communion, and uh, Tom's been working on a new one for us, so that we have a couple of of ways for us to engage together. Do you want to start?
6: Today, receive this call to communion in the words of Jesus, who said, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. At the invitation of Jesus, we come to the table, but we also come confessing our sin Together And I ask you to please stand as we confess that sin to the words that will be on the screen. Forgive us, most gracious God, for what we have done to bring pain to your beautiful world. Our hard and unkind words, our careless and thoughtless deeds, our lack of compassion and reluctance to render aid when it was in our power to help. Amen. And now upon your confession, receive these words of assurance. Through the cross of Christ, God has had mercy on you, pardons you, and sets you free. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. God strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in eternal life. Amen.
0: In the early centuries of the church, faithful Christians bore witness to the truth of God's revelation in Christ by the Spirit, often in opposition to false and harmful ideas about Jesus. From those years, we received the gift of various creeds expressing the heart of the Christian faith and confessed down through the ages by the communion of saints. Now let us join our voices with these faithful witnesses and confess our faith in the words of one of those gifts, the Nicene Creed. Let's say together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
6: You may be seated. As you are, hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as they were delivered by the Apostle Paul. For I pass on to you what I received From the Lord himself, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are thankful for the rescue you performed on our behalf. Jesus, for becoming one of us, for humbling yourself, we give you praise and thanks. The way you lived to show us perfectly what it meant to be human, what it meant to be God. The way you revealed yourself to us through your whole story, through your life, your ministry, your healings, your powerful teaching and the way you pushed back darkness and ultimately the way you died, the way you went into the tomb and the way you rose again from the dead. All of this, Jesus, we thank you. And by giving us this meal, the bread, the juice, welcoming us again and again and again to receive from you life and freedom, perspective, to receive from you all that we need. So we just give you praise and thanks for being our God and our King. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: We practice here a method of communion that's called intinction, which just means that you take the bread in your hand and dip it in the cup. Um, And what we'll ask when we get there is that you come down through the side aisles, and there are little bottles of hand sanitizer. And we ask you to use those because no matter how hard you try, lots of people touched the (laughs) juice and we'd like to, we don't want to share more things than we intend to. So um, come down the side aisle and please use the hand sanitizer and there'll be people here to serve you communion and then you can return to your seat through the center. Yeah? Okay. And um, Bill uh, Plant and... Uh and Dora Staggs are gonna come and pray at the sides here and offer a blessing so if you'd like to if you'd like to receive a blessing after you receive communion you're welcome. And the bread is gluten free. So, um can I have the uh the dream team, the servers and the worship team come forward and I'll just read these words of invitation. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, invites us anew to Holy Communion, through which he will give himself to us and lead us into deeper fellowship with one another. Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.